Hello and welcome to Unauthorized Cinnamon, the Deadwood podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Herman. I'm Harry J. Perales, the other. And we are on episode seven of season one. This is called Bullock Returns to the Camp. Uh, and I think we made a joke a couple weeks or last episode about how it's like the least imaginative uh, thing. <laughs> but like, I will say, since watching it, it's kind of like, well, him returning to the camp is kind of a big yeah. deal. Uh, but I did find uh, uh, Alan Seppenwall's write-up. He had a little kind of side note uh, where he said um, he's always gotten the impression that David Milch has very little interest in episode titles. He said, in my first interview with him, I began referring to some recent NYPD Blue episodes by title. His eyes glazed over. He looked to another of the show's writers who had briefly joined us and said, kid, you're the only one at this table who has any idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> uh, it says, no other Deadwood episode will have so plain a title as this. Uh, but f- but most of season two and three titles are uh, taken directly from Line's dialogue. Mm-hmm. And he says it, it's, it struck him as like maybe it was a placeholder they put mm-hmm. while they thought of a title and then just never thought of one. <laughs> kind of what seems like most of the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> the last jedi man i mean i've got a lot of issues with the people that have issues with that or <laughs> like what could it mean like shut up <laughs> <laughs> let's write like three articles about it does that mean there's no more jedis after this like, is jedi plural <clears throat> <laughs> but uh anyway so we open up in Charlie and uh, Seth are riding into, I don't know what town this is. It's like Lead or Spearfish or something. Yeah, I didn't uh, the title or what town it was. What title it was. Sorry. What title? <laughs> What's the title? It's talking about the fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's, uh, it's been a rough week. Yeah. Lemon, it's Tuesday. <laughs> As Jack Donahue would say. Uh, so, but also, I, I kind of noticed that you can tell it's an actual settlement because there's like a wall or a encampment. Mm-hmm. There's walls around it. There's yeah, a, it's a whatever. So they're like protected from, I'm guessing, the Sioux. Yeah. Um, that's just one way to tell that, like, yeah, Deadwoods doesn't have that protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they stop and they talk to this guy sitting at the campfire and say, like, evening. The guy's like, evening back <laughs> that goes back to what we've said about like people always being wary of each other in the wild west yeah back then he asks he, he points to that horse that jack rode in on <laughs> they keep using like oh there's that paint and then seth says like i had a happy like it when i was a kid mm-hmm. and i was like oh, okay <laughs> uh i went to equisearch <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean I looked up happy in EquiSearch's glossary of horse terminology. Uh, it's not there. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, it must be antiquated or... I, uh, um, in, the, in the write-ups that I read, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're like, yeah, he used this word and people... This, like, sometimes like this, there's no record of this word. <laughs> or it's like, yeah, this is from like the 20s or something like that. Uh, I thought it was funny that the guy said like called Jack a fucking jerk. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they tell him they want to buy his horse or whatever. Mm -hmm. The fucking jerks in the bunkhouse. So they go into this bunkhouse and Jack is passed out at this table. Mm -hmm. With his back to them. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I kind of wrote down that he's in the same position as Wild Bill. And I was like, I bet Harry picked up on that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like, Also, uh, but he's in the position Wild Bill ended up in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's already, like... He even, like, falls off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he knocks him off. Or he when uh, Seth pistol whips him, yeah. that's when he falls off. Yeah, and then, like... Whatever he was drinking kind of trickles to the floor. Mm-hmm. It's a little mirror image. Uh, it's funny to me how like uh, Bullock comes in and is like Jack McCall. Like and he goes being a fucking uh, loudmouth loud cunt. cunt. Like that one guy is just immediately like, "Yep, <laughs> I'm out." <laughs> it takes the rest of them. Like it takes them until he says, "We're we're Wild Bill's friends." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're. You know, in in Jack's passed out, you kind of get the sense that he's realized that he ha- isn't getting the acclaim and and fame that he thought he'd get. Yeah, from killing Wild Bill, and uh, uh, Milch said something really interesting in his like um, in his book talking about Jack. He's like, until Jack was either with people like him, they're either gonna uplift the celebrity or they're going to bring him down as much as they can. Uh, he compared him like John Hinckley and, um, help me with the, the actresses, uh, Jodie Foster. Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with John Hinckley with Jodie Foster, he wants to either marry the actress or shoot the president. Like <laughs> those are the two paths you can take when you're that sort of a person. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think Jack wanted, you know, uh, fame and, maybe fortune and he's finding out that he gets none of it and he doesn't you know put up any sort of a fight i guess you can't because the gun's to the back of his head yeah yeah he's clearly like resigned mm-hmm. yeah the, the first thing he says when he wakes up is i'm done i'm done <laughs> oh yeah but that is it for jack we that's we don't uh, get any more garrett delahunta's as jack mccall Mm-mm. which is a bit sad because that's <laughs> One of my favorite things ever. Yeah. <laughs> Just him. Uh, you know, it's a good line. The guy that they talked to at first, I guess you want to soften him up a bit before you make your offer. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're going to take him to Yankton, which is the uh, capital of the Dakota Territories, if I remember correctly. So after they ride off with Jack, this is when we have like a, a kind of a hard cut we usually don't see in Deadwood. Mm-hmm. And I think... I mentioned in a previous episode that all of Deadwood's episodes take place over the course of a single day. Mm -hmm. This is one exception. And these two episodes have like a few mitigating circumstances that keep it from being normal. Yeah. Um, We'll get into next episode. Uh, But uh, we see these two kids, Miles and Flora asking about their dad. Mm -hmm. And Flora is Kristen Kristen Bell. Bell. Yeah, I remember, I think this is one of the first times I ever saw Chris and Bell. Oh yeah. Um, I never watched uh, Veronica Mars. No, did I, you watch it? I didn't. I knew it was on TV. Yeah, but yeah. I always, I always got uh, her like when I saw it was on TV. I thought it was the other blonde girl from Smallville. Uh, I, I was like, oh, she's guys. got her own show. And it was <laughs> two different blonde chicks. Yeah. Yeah, they're. Uh, but it's they're, actually Kristen Bell this time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, you can already see, like, when you first see the scene, you don't know that they're con artists. You find that out later this episode. But you see how she, like, they already have it. So when they show Day in the picture, mm-hmm. she's going to, like, you know, sidle up 
you know, next to him and yeah. kind of rub into him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They already have that down. It's like, oh, don't don't touch it. I don't want it. You know, it's already mm-hmm. falling apart. And, yeah. Uh, I dance automatically. <laughs> yeah, he is smitten. Yeah. Uh, it's just reminding me of like just like a big, like, I don't know what kind of dog Dan would be like. Saint Bernard. Saint Bernard. Yeah, big Saint Bernard and like a poodle or something. Yeah. Like a Saint Bernard fell in love with a poodle. Or like he's a cross between like Cujo and <laughs> Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. So like <laughs> he can be Cujo, but he's also like a puppy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, what I loved is that like that loudmouth cocksucker that you know was always telling wild bills i hope your gut shot and die slow mm-hmm. he he feels the need to interject yeah. like there ain't no sanities in this camp that i, I don't want to tell you that that's there's just no, the, I love how he's like there's no joy in me telling you that hey that's just facts man <laughs> it's like no that's the only joy you have yeah you're just being a an asshole piece of shit <laughs> and i love what i love about this is that even these really minor characters like him are fully fleshed out like mm-hmm. you know exactly that type of person where he like takes joy in being like, "Hey, I'm a realist, man. Mm-hmm. I'm just being real with you. I'm sorry." And it's like, "No, you're going with like the worst case scenario, but yeah. you think bad news is more real and more like, you know." Uh, uh, so uh, they don't know. No one's seen the dad because he's not real. And so Miles asks Dan, uh, like, for work. Uh, uh, Al comes down the stairs. <laughs> she can work right here. Uh, Miles, like, I love Miles' delivery. No, sir. <laughs> anyway, like, he's like, thank you, sir. We'll we'll be leaving. It's like, you can work here sweeping. We'll give you four bits a day. It's like, I'll give her the same as regrets for being such a ruffian. ruffian. <laughs> I love that he, like, you want to be a whore? No? Yeah. My bad. My bad, <laughs> <laughs> hey fair play to you man like yeah. uh he has a line we have we teach a special sweeping technique here. <laughs> and they cut to jewel mm-hmm. which i also have to take this moment <laughs> and uh apologize i apologize for uh, i called jewel june for the majority of a podcast before realizing there's a kind of anxiety that keeps me up at night so <laughs> i had to say it <laughs> Apologies to Jerry Jewell. Uh, but they're definitely worse things you can call her. Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now I think we're going to get to this later, but him saying like, oh, we teach a special sweeping technique here. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of cruel to make fun of her mm-hmm. and be like, look at this weirdo. But the fact that he lets her work there and he's also, he also tells Miles like follow her lead and you know, just yeah. do what she does. Mm-hmm. Like he still has like respect for her. Right. And he has her on. Whereas like contrasted with Sai, who's such a control freak and everything needs to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al will be like, I'll, I'll take whoever comes and they mm-hmm. can work for me. Whatever. Right. Uh, so we go back to the pest tent and Rev is taking care of uh, Joey Forte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he has to, he has to go to a funeral for Brom Garrett. They're finally burying him. Uh, I like Jane's line. I'd have, I'd have bet a month, month's wages that burial would have take place in New York city if I had a fucking paying <laughs> job. <laughs> so we see that Andy's healed now and doc's telling him like, you might not want to look in the mirror, but you're not 
contagious. And she's like, them that gets healed under my care stays fucking healed. <laughs> uh, he says, now here we see like where Jane gets her name. Mm-hmm. Calamity Jane. Andy says like, hereafter in Calamity, I'll be sure to call for Jane. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned in the, one of the very first episodes that I thought Calamity Jane there's a, like a rumor that it had to do with like the clap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I read Milch's book that she got the name from, you know, she's good in a calamity. Yeah. And here we actually see her get her name. Yeah. Andy gets some clothes, which everyone says look weird, but I don't, <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she also mentions like, I'm going to follow you around see what's, you know, weighing on your conscience so heavily. Cause you just kept saying, I apologize when mm-hmm. I came across you. Uh, so we go to Alma's room and, uh, Saul's arriving to take him to the funeral mm-hmm. <laughs> and now Alma's like, you know, sober now and she's mm-hmm. like, uh, turning into her society gossip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Star has been ever so attentive. <laughs> Just trying to hook him up, man. That's mm-hmm. what everybody wants. Yeah, man. Good honor. Yeah. Uh, we're all looking for that little bit, but mm-hmm. Alma in certain ways should calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Al's giving Trixie like this death stare from the balcony, <laughs> which is like menacing, but it's also kind of funny that he's able to stare yeah. down. <laughs> uh, and he, she, you know, tells Alma like, Hey, my boss is going to be watching. And Alma makes a joke about, should I reel and stagger? And Trixie's like, for real though. <laughs> uh, and Alma says, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'd make a joke about that. But she says, like, that's why it just shows you're feeling better. Mm-hmm. Like, and that that's a good point. Like, uh, <clears throat> Alma's able to make jokes. And, you know, when you've been sick for a long time and you, you're you starting to actually feel like yourself again. Mm-hmm. Saul comes in and he's early and he's like, oh, I'll just wait downstairs. But Alma's like, no, just stay in here with Trixie. <laughs> um... And they leave to go to the funeral. Al can see, like, he he sees it almost not high. Like, Alma didn't bother to reel and stagger, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of pissed off. And he turns to EB and is kind of like, uh, EB, I thought this would have supposed to be high. He's like, EB's like, maybe I've chosen simple-mindedness. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, 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 he's kind of coming at Al, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't think that you're wanting to offer on that claim just to keep the regulators off of you. Mm-hmm. I think you found something that you want and they kind of go, it's funny cause Al's caught, Yeah, but he's like still yelling at EB. <laughs> uh, it's like, like, what do you want? What do you like? What do you want to hear from this? You want a percentage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and EB's like, that'd be fine. Uh, I love that bit where he's like, "Use me as a pawn." Now he's like, "You <laughs> fucked up the game." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He turns it really quickly around on him. It's like you didn't offer the full amount. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he says EB will get like two percent on the first million, mm-hmm. half a percent. It's a great bit. <laughs> yes. I'll let you say it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to feel a damp palm, Al? Select either of these. <laughs> <laughs> We love EB. Um, so now Kristen Bell's in the Bella Union asking Cy about her. I said just Kristen Bell. It's Flora. Let her asking Cy about her dad. Uh, and he's like, no, I haven't seen her. Eddie, 
poor Eddie. Yeah. And just look at these scenes, and Eddie's just thoroughly decent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, unlike uh, Al, where Al's like, you want to be a whore? No? Okay. <laughs> Sal is... Uh, uh, Sal? Sai. Sai. <laughs> there should be like... Uh, there should have been an, a season four, like a, a lady comes into town. Turns out she's been married to both Cy and Al, and her name's <laughs> Sal. And she's a brassy dame. Yeah, Cy kind of is like, we could uh, hire you. Like, uh, what do you do? It's like, I cook and I sew. And I clean. Yeah. He's like, how about you open that little snatch? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's not me. That's Cy. Yeah, Cy exactly. said it. No, no. It's just a real good impression. Hey, man. <laughs> I can't. That he turned. My talent and my curse. <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely like uh, motions over to Joni and like, uh, go to the maestro. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many times and in here too, like where Sai sees a game afoot or mm-hmm. whatever. And you see Eddie and Joni kind of move into formation mm-hmm. and like uh, start to work their little con. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely like, I think he's a maestro. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, Flora never like says, sure, I'll be a whore. It's just yeah. like all of a sudden she is one. Mm-hmm. Guess, guess what? <laughs> but also, and, and you know, maybe there was, in the write-ups I read, there's a lot of hand-wringing about like, why it was I like, uh, I'm sorry, was Al taken, you know, by surprise by these two? Did he know that they were con artists? But Sai seems to size them both up. Yeah. And maybe it was because Flora's like more clearly. Mm-hmm. I think Flora's smarter than Miles, mm-hmm. but that's, that helps Miles not get detected. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's, <laughs> he's like the Johnny Burns of like, there's, there's no like poker face. <laughs> I also think that Al just has a lot more going on right now and a lot more to worry or like focus on. There's too many bags of shit to hold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, so we go to Mount Moriah and the Reverend is eulogizing Brom. Uh, Sophia, we see like she's with Trixie and she's naming off her family mm-hmm. members. Yeah. Um, she's kind of giving them her own kind of funeral in a way. Yeah. yeah. Having her own like service for them. That's when EB sees Seth returning to the camp, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> uh, he decides now is. The perfect time. <laughs> well, not perfect, because he says, like, I must be unspeakably rude. Yeah. <laughs> as, if that, yeah. as if that excuses him from talking to Alma <laughs> about her claim at her husband's funeral. It's <laughs> And her, the look that she gives him is perfect. Like, are you fucking serious right now? Is this happening? And yeah, he's, like, pushing her, because he. <laughs> this is the second time he, like, sees Seth coming. He's like... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's like, I needed an answer in 24. Just please stop talking to me. <laughs> there, that's, there's like two lines in, in this episode and the next where Alma's just like, I, I can't talk to this guy. <laughs> uh, they're riding by the, the cemetery and, and Charlie's mentions that he's not ready to mm-hmm. see Bill yet. Yeah. And Charlie in this episode is going to spend a lot of time ignoring dealing with it. Yeah. Just being very, very quiet. So we go back to the gym and Dan kind of says to Al, like, I hope you haven't given up on that, that girl. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's uh, not hiding anything. 
this is where Al kind of brings Miles and Dan aside mm-hmm. to point out the specialist. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, <laughs> uh, the specialist is uh, the titty liquor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very interesting thing he's bringing up. Is like, yeah. look, specialists they pay they pay a premium. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they cause, don't cause any problems. Yeah, they do their business. Yeah. They pay a lot and then they leave. So what was your read on like uh, the like why he's telling Miles the story? He seems to want to mentor people. Yeah, uh, he does it with Dan earlier. Mm-hmm. Like there's the thing was like Dan, when you open your own place, remember this. Mm-hmm. He brings Miles aside, and then in the future, when uh, Adams comes around, he's mm-hmm. like kind of grooming Adams. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was any specific thing you saw in Miles. Or did you have like an idea? No, and that's a thing. Is I was just it was just kind of showing how, um, especially especially in contrast to because these kids are working both the gym and the Bella Union, like how those people operate. Like every single moment you see Sai, he's like toying with them. Like and Al's just like, yeah, look at that dude. He's licking these women's breasts. A yeah. specialist. Oh, I'm, I may have my own place sometime. A specialist hanging upside down in the corner. <laughs> like a bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it just kind of reminded me of like bosses I have mm-hmm. that take me aside and like, hey, you know, they'll teach you a little lesson about mm-hmm. running a business. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'm missing something completely that Milch is trying to do, but that's what it struck me as. Is right. like, he, Al's just the kind of gregarious guy that'll be like, hey, I mean, let me, let me show you something real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a cool. Milch has a whole thing on this in his in his book on on uh, the in the stories from the Black Hills where he talks about all the different diversions mm-hmm. available to people in in the old west, where it's like you can get drunk, you can gamble, but one of those is sex. And the specialists, it's kind of their. <laughs> He 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 uh, compares like brothels to like amusement parks. Mm-hmm. It's like here's the here's the titty looking ride. Here's the you know this ride that ride. <clears throat> it's just a, a way to blow off steam. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eb comes back in. <laughs> he tells Al that he made an offer, but she didn't say anything yet. And Bullock's back, and this is gonna make it harder. And Al's just like, "Are you? You can't be serious with this, man. Come on." Uh, and, uh, I trust this doesn't alter our agreement. I trust, you know, that 2% or nothing's fucking nothing. <laughs> All right. So now we go to the grand central and God, <laughs> Seth, uh, is not ready to give up on Alma. Uh, she says like, you need to worry about taking care of this. Like, I'm just going to sell. And Seth is like, I promised you I would do this and <laughs> I intend to carry out that promise. And she's like, no, I, I released you from that promise. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, I also made a promise to bill and you weren't party that one. So mm-hmm. I got to do it. <laughs> it's like, dude, you, you're good. And he's like, no, I must do the honorable yeah. thing. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, but, uh, he's just horny. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like this, this strikes me as like, like a first date. Mm-hmm. When you see this, she's like, I'm so sorry you were hurt. <laughs> it's probably the closest thing either one of them usually has for their first date anyway. That's, tr- that's true. Uh, <laughs> this is their meet cute. No, their I mean, meet cute was earlier, but. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Seth Seth has a wife, but uh, it's not like they had a beautiful courtship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think she says something like, how hard is it? are they pressing you? And she's like, 
I'll confess. Like, it's it's really they have really good chemistry, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least she does. He, yeah. we've talked about him, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and uh, let's see. She tells him they're pressing so hard they tried to get her high, and like Seth kind of goes, oh, and you can tell she's like really embarrassed, and like I guess that is like a pretty big thing to say. For like a lady in that time to come out and say like, yeah, I was hooked on dope. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, uh, he does say that like, oh, you are changed. Meaning since she's, you know, been sober and says, you seem to be too. Mm -hmm. Which we, you know, we, we made a joke about Bullock returns to the camp. But when he's been gone, he's gone through like sort of a life changing event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're back at the hardware store and Saul's with Trixie. <clears throat> so we get the, uh, I don't think we're spoiling anything, but to say that Saul's interested in Trixie, because mm-hmm. it's pretty apparent in this scene. He keeps telling her all the discounts she can get. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. so cute. The, uh, getting acquainted with those we want to get acquainted with sale. <laughs> it's like flawless dude. <laughs> uh, Hey man, you gotta shoot your shot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's, he's offering, yeah, he offers her a discount. He's like, I got money. He's <laughs> like, you don't get what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, and obviously like they're far more, um, charming <laughs> than Bullock and Alma. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Charlie shows up and like, he says some nice things to Trixie. Like, he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't see you saying there. Like, yeah. takes off his hat and he says that like, Sophia could be yours. She favors you. And yeah. Uh, he treats her like an actual person. Right. And I, I, I don't know, you know, maybe he doesn't know who she is or, or you know, what, what she does uh-huh. for a living. But I mean, Saul certainly does. And right. we, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Charlie's just a thoroughly decent guy. And I, I feel like Trixie must feel really good. Like she has a job to do taking care of Sophia, mm-hmm. which she's good at and enjoys mm-hmm. and gets to play with a cute little girl all day. Almost so far is treating her well, yeah. and uh, you know Charlie and Saul are being real nice to her. It must be a huge change of pace of like being owned property, right? Exactly. And Saul walks out because he, he says like uh, uh, Charlie says something like, "Oh, I dropped some supply or whatever," and Saul's like, "Must have been when you were saving my friend's life." Yeah. And he follows Charlie out to be like, "Hey, yeah. did hey, you hear? Uh, did you did you catch that? I was, I was thanking you for saving my friend's life." But yeah, he says back to Trixie, like, see if you can make those accounts add up. Yeah. And that makes her smile, I think, because yeah. he like trusts he, her. He trusts her with his business, basically. With his accounts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he follows out and it's like, hey, I don't know if you heard me thanking you for saving his life, but... Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm sorry, your friend died. Yeah, and Charlie that really, is, yeah, that just fucks with Charlie. He's just and saying he was, like, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then EB comes up. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, you, reliable EB. He's he uh, very effectively makes you forget all the beauty that exists in the world mm-hmm. and the niceness of human beings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, I want to see you, Trixie," and it's like, "You know who that is?" It's like, "God damn it, EB!" <laughs> I love that Saul like turns into one hundred percent badass that Seth ever is. Yeah, yeah. Like if you see him, like he is stone still mm-hmm. and like jaw is set and he's like, what do you want, Mr. Farnham? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
why don't you he just stares him down and eb's line like uh even so you admit her to your establishment during business hours <laughs> congratulations on your advanced thinking oh god and saul like doesn't blink doesn't move he's just mm-hmm. like all right and eb like shouts past him he's like yeah. he's such a fucking coward yeah. to saul <laughs> like he, he I, I think he doesn't quite respect saul because he's jewish i guess Probably. And eb look for any advantage yeah. <laughs> and but he's not straight up contemptuous towards him the way he is towards other people yeah like trixie or or uh richardson in the future yeah um he's such a this is one of the few times i didn't enjoy eb's shittiness <laughs> so i was like i think it's because it was Saul. i was like don't you dare <laughs> you get away <laughs> Uh, so we're back at the Bell Union and, um, Joni's talking to, to Flora and Flora's kind of like, you know, I know my dad's not here. I know, yeah. you know, Miles is sweet and stupid. Doesn't mm-hmm. realize. And I'm also not a virgin. Yeah. And then she tells a story about her boyfriend who, uh, I guess she implies that he assaulted her. Well, I, he just said, she oh, just okay. says it. He was rough with her. Yeah. Like she says that he, her, she, I, I don't, I don't think that he assault. I mean, he assaulted her because he, yeah, yeah. he like hit her, but right. I don't think that their first time was like rape. Um, cause she just says like, <laughs> she says all oh, that way in defense of your virtue. And he's like, that's more care than I ever took with it. Yeah. So I don't think she just, you know, mm-hmm. kids being kids sort this of the, thing. This is the first kind of crack that we have of like, oh, she's not this, you know, sweet you know, baby-faced, innocent that Dan thinks she is. And, and you know, well, first of all, I, I really like the one line that Joni has when Flora's talking about her dad, and she's like, there's so many ways it could be, Flora. It's not much point in deciding which it was. Yeah. Which I've found, too. Like, a lot of, you know, like friends of mine will stress out over, like, do they think this, do they think that? And it's like, you know what? It's going to be one of those things, mm-hmm. and you can't control which it is. So, like, yeah, just stop worrying about it. Yeah. Um, but also this scene, what I took from it is like these women together, well, with Flora, uh, she, you know, she starts to say, uh, Joni asked her like, were you sad to leave him? She's like, of course I was sad leaving him. But then she like feels the, the freedom that mm-hmm. she has here. And this has to do with like the West yeah, and in, in particular with Deadwood where there's no law, like she's outside of her regular society circles mm-hmm. and she can be like, but he was a stupid son of a bitch and yeah. he treated me rough. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's able to confide with Joni about like, you know, back in Buffalo in, in polite society, she has to be like, Oh yes. Uh, Marvin is a wonderful man and yeah. very, he's our, our marriage was a most tremendous solution, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But here she can be like, no, he was a fucking asshole. Yeah. I didn't like him. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I wrote down like moving out West and you know, all these men are going to Deadwood to get away from the law mm-hmm. in Flora's come out here to Deadwood and she's similarly unrestrained mm-hmm. from different things though. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, this strikes me as, you know, obviously her story isn't exactly as, she's saying to Joni, but I feel like there's a ring of truth. Right. And it, in the next episode, I think the way her story shakes out is because she feels she can be more truthful with Joni. 
Yeah. She feels vulnerable and uh, not vulnerable. She feels able to be vulnerable to Joni. Yeah. But anyway, downstairs at the Bell Union, Andy walks back in and he wants his stuff back, but <laughs> Sai's gotten rid of all of it. Mm-hmm. So there's also this great bit where, like, uh, he explains to Eddie, like, you know, I'm not contagious anymore, Eddie. You can shake my hand. And then yeah. you look, go to Sai and Sai raises his hands. Like, I forget what he says, but he's just like, uh, <laughs> I just remembered, like, you know, he would shake Sai's hand, Sai throws his hands up so Andy can't possibly shake his hands. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what he said. He says though. something about, yeah. like, oh, well, let's get something going yeah, or yeah. something. Or he throws his hands up, and I was like, oh. Yeah. I didn't catch that. What a piece of shit that <laughs> is. What a great performance, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Inside and out. Just yeah. knowing, like, little. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of good little bits of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Cy, like, wants to get something going again, and Andy's like, I'm not getting anything going. You dumped me in the woods, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And also Andy's changed a lot, Mm -hmm. which we'll see later. Cy, like as soon as Cy knows, like he's not going to help him get money. He just tells him to fuck off. It's like using money for a whore and a toot. Go join the fucking circus. circus. (laughs) Andy, just like you can, I would have liked more scenes with Andy Mm -hmm. and Eddie and Joni. Yeah. Where Andy's now free of Cy and could be mm-hmm. like, you guys, like, come on. I can't put up with this anymore. Yeah. It would have been nice to see Andy kind of, because when he first arrives, he's just already sick. It would have been nice to see him earlier on kind of build that relationship and to see somebody kind of uh, defect from Cy. Yeah. And to get a better idea of how Andy was with Cy before, mm-hmm. because uh, not that we can't kind of intuit mm-hmm. everything, but... We see Eddie and Joni and they're just like undersized thumb and have no freedom. But Andy's a very different sort of employee where he's mm-hmm. a confidence man. He's not running the tables or the whores or he's not like a bartender. He's yeah. kind of a independent contractor of yeah. <laughs> stealing money. <laughs> uh, so it'd be kind of interesting. Like in this betrayal, it, it would probably mean more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um but you can kind of transfer, like, what if Eddie had gotten sick instead of Andy? What yeah. if Joni had gotten sick and mm-hmm. did that? Like, how would, like, imagine how that would make Joni feel if mm-hmm. Cy had done that to her. Yeah. That's another thing Cy says. It's like, come back with a clear head and realize if you wouldn't have done the fucking same. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's more Cy, like, awfulness. These, these two, episode seven and episode eight, where Cy really peaks in his awfulness. Yeah. And he goes, he like turns towards like, did you turn her out? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> kind of like, Hey, did you finish prepping the, did you, did you finish washing the dishes? <laughs> like, yeah. Did you turn her out yet? <laughs> uh, oh, and he also says, uh, Oh, she, Joni says the brother will be a problem. He's like, we'll handle the brother. If we have to kill the cocksucker. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> And he goes, that's an interesting piece of strange. <laughs> you can see that, there's a little bit of holdover from his like anger with like Andy for like <laughs> abandoning him and just like, well, I'll roll it over to somebody else and I'll kill yeah. that. We'll kill that motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you can see that like, I, I think Eddie and Joni share a look where they're like, this is our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're going through it, I can see all of the parallels that are kind of swapping back and forth because we had 
like uh, Al. <laughs> no, <laughs> we had Seth and Alma, mm-hmm. and then we had Sol and Trixie, mm-hmm. and now we're getting like uh, Cy and Joni mm-hmm. and Eddie, and now we move to Al and Trixie. Right. Uh, he's yelling at Trixie mm-hmm. <laughs> like she goes, "What do you want?" He's like, "Oh." Am I detaining you? <laughs> you have somewhere to be? And she's like, what are you pissed off for? He's like, I'm not pissed off. I'm in fucking wonderment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he basically says, like, I fucking know she's not high. And Trixie says, look, that little girl needs someone to care for. And it wasn't going to be me. She needed to get off the dope. I helped her. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want me to go back? And try and get that claim bot, or do you want to rip my fucking guts out? <laughs> and Al, uh, <laughs> he grabs her by the pussy. Yeah. Uh, so, so in this scene here, we have a character doing something uh, horrid to yeah. um, undercut this violence and disrespect <laughs> that he has for women. Um, our president also thinks it's a great thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so that's just a side note. Uh, mm, I want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah he uh, grabs her by the pussy. Uh, but as she's leaving, he kind of does this little parting shot that is a throwaway line, but it really affects her mm-hmm. in every scene following. Even into next episode, because yeah. don't kid your tr- don't kid yourself, Trixie. Don't get a mistaken idea. Mm-hmm. Or it's kind of like don't think you can be part of that world. Like you're, yeah. she doesn't like you as a person. She needed you mm-hmm. <laughs> to do a job, and now she's done with you. You're not. Yeah. She's not taking you to New York with her, even though he doesn't know that's on the table. That's what he's conveying. Yeah. That's right? a, that's pimp psychology. Yeah, <laughs> that's psychology one on one. All right, so now Charlie walks into the number ten saloon, kind of talks to Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom's being very nice, like, yeah. "Hey, uh, I'm I'm gonna be sorry about what happened for the rest of my life." And Charlie's like, "Can you tell me about it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, he came uh, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, well, he tells him that you know." um Bill really like kicked his ass at poker at the Bell Union. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Jack just came in and just flat out murdered him. Yeah, like, shot him with his back turned to him. Yeah. And there's a thing where like you realize Charlie doesn't know how Bill got shot. And he was like, so he didn't even see him coming. Yeah. And so that's even like a, that's even what that's kind of doing, I think, is like Charlie is kind of, um, you know, realigning like, why would, why would Bill get shot? And it's like, oh, obviously he didn't see him. Like yeah. Bill would have, you know, killed him like as soon as he saw him, and it wasn't suicide or it, he didn't let him do it or something. Right. I do think there's a little bit of <clears throat> in his line reading. You kind of get like, well, he didn't see him coming, so that he couldn't have. Yeah. So he had no, he had no chance. Yeah. But he kind of knows in the back of his mind that. Mm-hmm. I mean, with that last conversation he had with Bill, he knew that he was not going to fight for life. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't that was when, when I saw it I kind of read it as like he's saying oh Bill never seen him come in but yeah. he doesn't 100% believe it right I think he I think but he's kind of conflicted to believe it he wants to, but he knows that no Bill uh-huh. 
could it Bill heard him? He could have st- like because we see Bill and he knows what we see too. Where Bill's eyes kind of go up, and Bill could have stopped it. Mm-hmm. Bill's that good, but he just didn't. And so Charlie's trying to convince. He's kind of trying to convince himself, even though it's kind of futile. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, but now we get another story of the death. This guy, I guess his name is the Captain. Yeah, <laughs> this is dinner story for the rest of his life. Yeah. I thought, although, you know, this guy's clearly a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I thought the casting was really interesting because yeah. he's not clearly, he's not that loudmouth cocksucker. Yeah. He's not, you know, Jack McCall. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, you would never suspect him of being a low life. Yeah, there's a kind of a gravitas to him where as he was, if he was like put as another kid, as soon as he's explaining, you think that he's going to use this for something like helpful. Yeah, but then you, yeah. the way that he says it, and he, but then you realize, oh, he's just making this about him. Oh, well, this hand that I used to write with, it's gonna hurt a little bit now. Mm-hmm. He's so, like, but the way he says it here, just like wow, in like a different movie, he would have played a president or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he goes into like way too much detail mm-hmm. for Charlie, which like you you nailed it. You're saying it's his dinner story. Yeah, he's just been thinking about it over and over and over and over and over again. But it's entirely inappropriate to say to charlie yeah bill's best friend and he says like i will take the killer's bullet to my grave and it's like that doesn't mean anything (laughs) that doesn't help (laughs) what are you talking about uh and as charlie walks out he goes like aces over eights as i just and like that's the notorious dead man's hand Mm -hmm. uh and he like made it up (laughs) i i always thought it was pretty like settled the aces over eights was dead man's hand that's what he was holding Uh but i read in wikipedia like no one's really sure and so this is the you know the myth is being created in front of us the legends being printed yeah yeah uh we don't even need merrick (laughs) Uh, (laughs) get this asshole (laughs) (laughs) uh so we're back at the bell union joni's kind of like getting flora ready uh she has successfully turned her out it would appear Mm mm-hmm and she's telling her that, like, how did, you know, are you happy? Like, do you like this? She's like, sure, whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. you have to like it. She's like, what does it, <laughs> what does it matter? Like, um, but yeah, Joni's saying, like, look, you have to make him think you're enjoying this or else you're not going to get any money. Or like, like you, if you don't succeed here, you're going to be doing it out in the street for nothing. Yeah. Whereas here you can make some money and save it up and get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, I, I thought I only had to pretend with the Johns or whatever. And, and Joni says, you never know who that might be. Yeah. And I think that's when Flora realizes that Joni is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's when she turns to like Joni says, I prefer you to be happy. Uh-huh. And Joni says, or at least pretending better. She's like, I feel so bad for Joni. Yeah. <laughs> and these Flora just, Flora just got her number and she's like, Oh, this is how I'm going to play you. Yeah. Sized her up really mm-hmm. quick. Okay, this next scene. We've lost poor Joey. <laughs> R.I.P. Joey Forte, the third. Mourn you till I join you. <laughs> Born by angels. <laughs> Earth's own angel. Uh, and Rev's, uh, the Reverend comes in and says, Has young Joey gone to dust? He's like, As all flesh must to be restored by the Savior's return. And uh, Doc isn't super jazzed about this he just like thinking. stares at him like <sighs> whatever <laughs> reverend like doc is not in for that sort of thing yeah. at all 
but yeah, the Reverend tells them that Seth is back in town and Charlie's with him. And Jane asks if uh, he knows about Bill. And mm-hmm. he said, yeah, they, they caught the guy that killed Bill. And mm-hmm. Jane's all like, hot dog. Yeah. I hope I can't did. wait. To, that's the first of the many things they did to him. Or yeah. Whatever. And it's like they turned her into the authorities. And yeah. she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love the reverence, like rendered unto Caesar. Yeah, <laughs> is that when she's like, "Are you drunk?" No, no. Or what? What does he say? He says uh, uh, that Seth was attacked by an Indian, uh-huh. and he like had a mark on his forehead, like oh, the firstborn yeah. of Adam. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, "You drunk?" <laughs> and so that's when he has his seizure, mm-hmm. um, kind of like Jane's. What is that? <laughs> uh, but he has seizure and. and it's a light one. Doc kind of calms him down, but then you see that Jane's like crying. When yeah, she she's sees... just she's really upset about it. It's really yeah, sad. Yeah. It, it is really sad. <laughs> yeah, but then you realize that like she didn't know about that. She'd been gone. Yeah, um, and that's when when Doc's just telling him like you're goddamn exhausted. You yeah. need to rest, man. Mm-hmm. Like you're killing yourself, and and the Reverend's just kind of like, might it be God's purpose of you know instruction or something yeah. I, don't, I didn't quite get what he said i love doc's response where he's like oh well sure it might be <laughs> his ways not <laughs> being ours <laughs> yeah he's like could it not be god trying to tell you to get some goddamn rest <laughs> uh that was really interesting it reminded me of uh growing up i was very and i was in church all the time mm-hmm. i was on one um summer camp thing the summer camp we went to we'd go out and work on houses for underprivileged people like we put a new roof on someone's house Mm -hmm. up in um the nashville area Mm -hmm. and like a a thunderstorm rolled through like in the middle while we were building one time we were down underneath a tree i think it was lunch because we were like sitting under a tree and i said like like it was a thunderstorm rolling through it. And I was like, I'm going to get away from this tree. And the person I was with said, my God's bigger than this tree. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> my God's also bigger than a Toyota Corolla, but I'm yeah. not going to go to sleep in the highway. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's where doc is like, sure. God can be doing this, but you still have to be not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, in stories of the Black Hills, there's kind of an interesting thing that David Milch was talking about, the Reverend Smith. He said, uh, Reverend Smith was a real person. From what I've I've looked into the real Reverend Smith, and he seems very much unlike the Reverend Smith in the show. But mm. um, he says, when I began to do my research, I discovered he was found dead on the road between Deadwood and a town named Lead. Uh, he was going to preach there, and the sermon they found on his body was, Upon whose life shall we base ours? upon whom better than that of the great sinner Paul. Uh, He says, Now I always believed that St. Paul was a temporal lobe epileptic and that he possibly had some kind of tumor. Mm -hmm. When Paul describes being struck blind on the road to Damascus, he's describing a seizure uh, in the aftermath of which he had auditory hallucinations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does that invalidate the religious experience? If I was God, I wanted... And I wanted someone to write the New Testament. Maybe I would give them a temporal lobe epilepsy. That's kind of you know interesting. Like I was kind of surprised at how 
um, religious minded milches. Yeah. Um, and that's a very interesting form of religion where he's like, God works through whatever. Yeah. Um, so the Reverend Smith, he kind of gives him this way to talk to God, which is the most important thing in Reverend's life Mm -hmm. besides talking to people. But anyway, but, uh, we go back to the thoroughfare and this where this John is like smitten with Flora and Mm -hmm. like following her. And she has to like, tell him like, Hey, leave me alone. (laughs) Like I'm going by my brothers and you can meet me again tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. That's really, um, it's kind of played for comedy a little bit, Mm -hmm. especially later, but it's really disturbing when you think about what's going on. This grown man is, uh, anyway. Um, so she goes into the gym and like Dan greets her and he's like, he's like trying to be like a gentleman and romantic. And Uh he's like, let me, let me get you a place away from all these stupid sons of bitches. (laughs) (laughs) He just kicks that guy out. Yeah, like, get out of here. <laughs> Go to the bar and get the fuck out of here. I love the loudmouth cocksucker. Has this, did she find her dad? <laughs> and that's when, like, Dan, like, crouches over him. Yeah. It's like, she's got a better chance of finding her dad than you have walking out here upright if you don't shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, those SNL sketches uh-huh. where, like, it's, like, in a school and, like, a, a kid will make a smart remark and whatever crazy character like comes up on top of him. Like mm-hmm. you better shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> That's just a blocking note. <laughs> also, a... <laughs> also have something Dan says to her that I picked up on rewatching it was, uh, he's asking her, do you want, <laughs> do you want, want a root beer? Or you want, you want a, you want a cider? She says, you want a soft cider? Soft cider. He's like, yeah, I'll take a cider. He's like, soft cider. <laughs> he's like, you're only getting a soft cider, honey. <laughs> She's like Sarsaparilla. Yeah, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, we're back in the hardware store, and now this this is uh, where I really like. I think Timothy Oliphant does a, a really good job. Yeah. Uh, Saul, you know, briefly tells him like, uh, "Oh, so engine's done a good job against the plague outbreak and all that." But uh, Seth tells him the story about how. I want, I really, <laughs> I was searching YouTube and couldn't find this clip. I have to find a way to drop it in because it's a really great mm-hmm. monologue, soliloquy. Yeah. Where he's talking about like he's just trying to live his goddamn life, yeah. the same as us. Trying he fought to as hard it. as I did, and I'd never had the upper hand on him. It's just the way it shook out. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like, how's that fair? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, Amazing. I don't think I have anything else to say, yeah. but if I like, no, it's really great. Yeah. It was, it's great delivery and great everything. And it's not even like this, the big scene of the episode. No, it's, and there's like the orchestra doesn't swell. <laughs> like it, it's, it's just there. And it's like, Oh, that's, yeah. that would be like <clears throat> on the second to last episode of a breaking bad thing. And it would be yeah. <laughs> what everyone tweets about, but it's just yeah. in the middle of, uh, and he, he mentioned that, like, I'll tell you what, that Indian saved Jack McCall's life, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. And I don't know if I completely buy into this mm-hmm. out of Seth because he he still doesn't really even out, yeah. you know. But anyway, great scene. Yeah. Uh, so back of the gem, Miles... You know, kind of like, oh, how do you like your place? And he's like, oh, I like my place. Mr. Swearingen, he's funny as all get it. 
And then uh, they say like, oh, which place should we rob? And you're like, oh, they're thieves. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> Seth, Seth walks in. He like demands to speak to Al. He's like, mm-hmm. we speak privately? <laughs> Al's like eating pears or something, yeah, peaches. Yeah. And he's like, should I be armed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so he he doesn't really like this pairing is really good. And it's obviously like a marquee pairing of the show. Yeah, yeah. But like Seth is so serious and Al's just punching holes in it, like, what the fuck's wrong with you, your highness? <laughs> uh Johnny asked Dan, like, what do you think of that? Where Seth and Al are going up into the office, but Dan's just looking at the loud he's like, that guy better take his eyes off of the little girl. <laughs> <laughs> The comedy stylings of Johnny and Johnny Burns and Dan Doherty. Yeah. But we're up in Al's office and Seth tells Al, like, you need to nominate someone to assay the claim because uh, I want to hold you accountable if it's not done properly. And Al's like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> There's a great beat. Like, we forget, like, Ian McShane is a very good yeller. Uh, fant- but he's also the small moments. Uh, he's... He guess what? He's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> he he's like when Seth tells him, "I want you to nominate someone assay the claim." He just kind of chews and's like, "You do." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, he's like, but also he's like, and if you don't nominate someone and it's done improperly, I'm still coming after you. <laughs> uh, and Seth's like. Yeah, Al's like, what if I come after you? Are yeah. you ready for that? And yeah. he's like, I yeah. guess I better be. He's <laughs> yeah. a great bit. Yeah, right. he, then close your fucking store because being ready for me will take care of your waking hours. And you better have someone to hand the task off to when you close your fucking eyes. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so they're, they're, it's just a matter of time before they start punching each other. <laughs> uh, but downstairs, Dan has stabbed the loudmouth cocksucker. Yeah. You that fucking little girl? Well, take a look at that little girl, because she's the last thing you're ever going to see. Stare at that cocksucker. Let him down! Let him fucking down! Or should I have had him hold him up? You like, you like little girls? It's like, yeah, apparently you do too, Dan. Yeah, and then he like... I guess this is a fair fight, huh? And everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, free drinks for everybody. Two free drinks for everybody. <laughs> and free drinks all night for those who help dispose of the body. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then Dan just like walks off. And Al's like, fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is another, this is kind of the, the marquee speech of the episode. And it's mm-hmm. also great. Yeah. As Jane's just, you know, talking to, to Bill, her, the, that frog looking fellow yeah. left the tent, <laughs> fucking cure pronounced by the doc himself. And, you know, we talked about the guy who plays Andy Kramed, mm-hmm. Zach Grenier. I was yeah, watching yeah. Uh, Zodiac the other day. Oh, yeah. He's in Zodiac. He plays one of the many sheriffs yeah. of the Bay Area. But anyway, uh, you know, Charlie walks up and Jane's like, who the fuck is this? Like, who the fuck you think it is? Like, how the fuck do I know who it is? It's fucking dark. <laughs> uh, they're great little, mm-hmm. um, this is the first, this is also the first time that, uh, Charlie has, uh, confronted Bill's grave. Yeah. This is when he has to actually deal with mm-hmm. the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And Jane explains that she's just coming up and telling Bill the news of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
he asked Jane, like, how come he let that cocksucker get to him? And I don't remember what Jane says. I think she just says, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's the same as like with what Joni was telling Flora about her dad. It's like, look, (laughs) no matter why, like it, it is what it is. And there's no, there's no use trying to make, make sense of it. Yeah. Um, so he, he start, Charlie starts telling him some news, but he just breaks down, can't finish it. There's an adorable little, can I, can I tell him some more tomorrow? He's like, sure, what the fuck do I care? I'll make the, the rules. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, it's great for their relationship, mm-hmm. uh, but it also is kind of more of Deadwood kind of puncturing uh, Hollywood tropes yeah. where it's like, can I, can I tell him some more? It's like, why are you, why are yeah. you asking me? Like, what is it? <laughs> also there's a good we were talking about just little bits of business that the actors do mm-hmm. there's one where like Charlie's walked up with his hat off mm-hmm. uh, Jane tells him like oh yeah I just tell him the news of the day or whatever Charlie puts his hat back on and she takes hers off to keep talking and he like takes his back off <laughs> it was just a cute little thing uh, and I've talked before um, Jim Beaver comments on the What's Alan Watching forums about the show this was a, a cool little paragraph where he's talking about uh, Dayton Callie, who plays Charlie. Mm-hmm. It says, Dayton Callie was the only member of Deadwood cast I knew before the show. He and I were both members of the oldest theater companies in Los Angeles, Theater West, and I knew Dayton primarily as a brilliant playwright. Dayton is an awful lot like Charlie Utter in that he's got that gruffish exterior and a very tender heart, I think. His Charlie is one of the great things about this show. And though I'd never thought to cast this New Jersey Paisan in a Western, it's hard to imagine Deadwood without him. Yeah. That cemetery scene is great, great television, period. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very good. And we end this show uh, <laughs> in Alma's room. And Alma's like such a like blushing little girl about Seth, where he's like, oh, what must have Seth thought of me when I told him about my... <laughs> And Trish is like, I don't know. Yeah. She's like, nor do I. I'm yeah. just like burying her head in her hands. <laughs> uh but um Trixie's like, I gotta I gotta go back to the gym because Al knows you're not high. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, What what how? And he's like, I made sure he wasn't and Trixie's like, I don't it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I gotta go back. Uh and she tells her, like, will you take Sophia and just get the fuck out of camp? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we should have had a running count of how many people tell <laughs> Alma, get out of camp. <laughs> but uh, Alma's like, maybe you could go to New York with Sophia and I'll stay here. And Trixie's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why would you? She says, like, why would you stay here? And it's also, like, very insulting because Trixie's like, what would I do in New York? Yeah. I don't have anyone. I don't know those circles. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be this whore that shows up in New York. With a child? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, wh- what are you talking about? And she says, like, if you want to fuck that man, then yeah. fuck him. And then think of the little girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this the one where she says, like, don't use that tone with me? And she's like, do you mean remember my place? <laughs> it's like, I do. And I'm going there, you fucking rich cunt. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like... Which is uh, a typical Trixie harshness, but it's thoroughly called for right. in this instance. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's where the, the episode ends. Mm-hmm. So that's episode seven. Mm-hmm. Bullock returns to the camp. 
Uh, really, this feels like a. It feels like this and the next episode are really just one one large piece. It yes. feels like a part one. It will. We'll talk about it next time, but uh, the one storyline in particular that ends next episode was supposed to be like three or four episodes. Oh yeah. But we'll get into what happened oh, nice. <laughs> or what Jim Beaver thinks happened <laughs> later. Uh, but yeah, this is, is the first, like there's no wild bill. There's no like imminent threat of plague. There's no, you know, trial they have to go through. This is mm-hmm. just the camp being the camp. Yeah. And it's like, it shows how strong this show is that it's just like, there's so many great scenes and just like great little moments uh, with characters mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't need these big crises or goings on to yeah to have great TV yeah or even well I mean there is a big anchoring figure of Al Swearingen but he's still part of an ensemble whereas we see Wild Bill and he's he is an anchor he is a, like a a centerpiece for everybody yeah. to go around yeah and and now like yeah. As as huge and like uh, overwhelming as Al Swearingen is, he's it's not like he's the main thrust of the right yeah of the show. Well, yeah, that's that episode. Any final thoughts? So uh, be sure to check us out. Uh, go to our home, Mockingbird Network, mockingbirdnetwork.com. Uh, thanks to everyone that is subscribed to us. Like, uh, we checked our numbers and holy shit, uh, uh, we're, 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 uh, humbled in honor that you are listening. I wish I was smarter. (laughs) Uh, our first question is why, (laughs) uh, but if you could give us a rating on iTunes, preferably five stars, but vote your conscience and, uh, leave comments on what you like, what you don't like. Uh, and tell your friends to subscribe get them watching Dead Woods it's a great show and uh, that's your homework and we'll see (laughs) we'll see you next week Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Biggie had a had a song about that. It's like tell a bitch not to get a mistaken idea. <laughs> Why did I do that? I don't know. It took you so long to form that joke too. Like, <laughs> where, where, where you going? I want to do someone besides Biggie because yeah. Biggie didn't talk about pimping all that much. <laughs> talk about slinging rock, but not. Slinging strange. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it.